The ecosystem incubator is a space for sustainable fashion professionals to build in collaboration. This podcast series from the ecosystem incubator is here to share with you the wealth of experience and integrity of our founding members and collaborators. We're creating the space and community to birth a new approach for fashion. One based on trust, collaboration and transparency that supports all stakeholders in the system. By building on the best of living systems thinking in combination with new technologies, a true ecosystem can be created that can help us all thrive. We hope that you enjoy the podcast series and be sure to link up on theecosystemincubator.com for more information about building your business in collaboration. Welcome to today's Ecosystem Incubator podcast. We're joined by Shan Ilingoven from C, who is one of our founding members and collaborators within the community space. Thanks for joining and being here on our first podcast series, Shan. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. I'm really looking forward to hearing to what, what you're going to say about your business and your future. Absolutely. First, we'll start with the basics. Could you tell us a little bit about your background and focus? Right. Um, yeah, my name is Sean Ilengoven, uh, and I come from a handloom textile viewers family back in the southern part of India. I moved to UK over 17 years ago, if I remember it rightly. Uh, I'm the founder of SIA Sustainable Products. We basically help fashion businesses with sustainable packaging solutions. Our flagship innovation is deriving paper from industrial and post-consumer textile waste. Uh, we started this business in 2018 and I've been steadily going with customers like Coca-Cola, Burt's Bees, and Nudie Jeans to name a few. Uh, and my background comes from being a production and sourcing specialist within clothing manufacturing and having worked with a lot of international brands and factories globally. Okay. And, and what's your, your, your new focus? Uh, I'm still focusing a lot on SIA as a business and trying to, you know, uh, market it to as many brands as possible. Uh, and uh, it's, it's doing well. And I think uh, next five years, it's going to be even better. Um, and also, I'm uh, starting up with a new uh, portal for eco-friendly, sustainable brands and we're going to have Sia as a brand in there and have some lifestyle products. Uh, we have another brand that we've registered called Happy Go Eco uh, and we're going to have 100% plant dyed uh, fashion clothing where we'll be working with uh, small uh, rural communities in India who actually go and pick these leaves and flowers fallen off from the trees and actually create those uh, beautiful colors without using any chemicals. So yeah, that's all in the pipeline. I'm hoping to launch it uh, by this Christmas if it's possible, but I'm uh, really pushing. How exciting. <laughs> I'd love to see all that product, amazing. Thank you. So, so how did you start and get into uh, creating CR? Uh, well, uh, with over a decade of experience in working and supplying to international fashion brands, was always involved in developing products season on season. My work was hugely involving R&D in fabrics and materials. And uh, sustainability has been my major focus all these years. Uh, also, I've worked extensively in developing sustainable alternatives within packaging uh, for clothing industry. 
And during these years, I was able to connect with a lot of individuals and businesses, especially from India, who were doing a great deal of R&D within sustainable space. I started SIA back in 2018 with the focus of helping fashion brands and offering sustainable packaging alternatives with all the experience that I've been gaining over these years, working with lots of brands uh, and uh, you know, completely involving in the R&D uh, uh, now when it comes to fabric materials and sustainable packaging and everything. Fantastic. So in your experience in sustainable development, um, can you ex- explain like how you, how you did that simply? Like how did you even start? Um, I mean, uh, you mean the sustainable development as such. Uh, mm. it, it's like, you know, I, I come from a family where uh, my dad started as a handloom weaver, weaving saris. Uh, like, you know, you kind of do everything sustainable. That's the only way during those days is you don't really use any chemicals. You hand dye them, everything manually, and then weave them uh, manually without no electricity or anything. Uh, involved. It's all manual process, you know, even to kind of weave a sari takes about two weeks start to finish and then you take it on your bicycle and go to a market and sell it, you know, that's that's what I've seen, uh, you know, uh, growing up and, you know, it's always, uh, you know, in my blood uh, that, you know, uh, I, I want to be like that and then try and do as much as possible in whatever I do in terms of business and personal life to live a sustainable you know, living and produce things sustainably and help others who are really looking to get into sustainability uh, you know, in whichever way that I can help. And, um, and it should, I mean, sustainable development, it should revolve around people, planet and animal, you know, if you put it in a nutshell. Uh, it should meet the needs of present generations without compromising the ability of the future generations to meet their own needs, basically. Yeah, I totally agree. And I love what you said about the, the, the simplicity of the locality creation that, that obviously was apparent like back in the day. But Absolutely. Kind of, we've kind of lost as we've gone to big scale production. And of Absolutely. course, you've moved into more bigger scale produ- production. So how, how does sustainability look like, you know, um, when you're, you're working with it now? Uh, it's good, uh, you know. Uh, you know, it's. It, I, I think there's a lot of options out there. You know, if you are willing to take that step, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, it's just the, you know, are you are you willing to, you know, do it basically? And you know, and you know, it, it's there. Or, you know, so you can go and find a sustainable alternative in each and every single thing that you do nowadays. Yeah, that's reassuring because it's often thought of as being quite difficult, but really it's just applying what we have into our system, right? So absolutely, and there are there are some big challenges, you know. I mean, definitely. I mean, you know, if you like, I said, there are so many options today. You know, if you want to be hundred percent sustainable in whatever you do, but I think always the biggest challenge is the pricing. uh, You know what I've been saying. Uh, like over the years, the conventional materials and cost to acquire them has become cheaper day by day. Uh, so any, any sustainable initiative comes with a slight price impact. And it's always the case if the business can still operate paying that's slightly more for the sustainable alternative. So that is a decision that the business uh, needs to take, uh, uh, you know, in my opinion. But uh, as I said, 
uh, there's loads of uh, you know options and you know uh, things available you know around the globe actually yeah i love that you've just answered my my last question <laughs> my next question which was about uh, looking at the biggest challenges challenges it? and the challenges are generally for a lot of people price right price yeah exactly because i work with, i work with so many brands even now like we get loads of inquiries uh, for cr products like you know we go into the whole process of developing and giving them options and try and convert that complete you know packaging in terms of where their labels what they use the, the tags what they use the the polybags what they use and you know so many things but uh, you know even though the we can you know convert their packaging 100% sustainable whether there's a willingness uh, or uh, you know they can actually survive by paying slightly more uh, you know because the overheads are fixed for a lot of brands and you know uh, unless otherwise they kind of increase the the selling price slightly they might not be able to you know absorb those you know, increased, uh, you know, raw material cost, but again, the willingness to whether they want to increase the selling price and lose a bit of the, you know, customers, uh, you know, there's so many, you know, things involved, um, you know, which, uh, which I, yeah, again, going back to it, I, I feel the pricing is the biggest challenge. Yeah, yeah. And moving from that business as usual mindset of this is the, these are the margins we're used to getting Absolutely. to either absorbing that in their cost or, or um, putting their prices up. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's a very difficult thing whether to do either or. Uh, and, you know, so it's got its own impact, you know, you know if you choose either or anyway for the businesses. So, but it, it is changing, you know, it is changing. And you know, I can see I can see there is a shift. Yeah, there's a definite shift coming yeah. back. So going forward, what do you think the likely future holds for our industry? What do you think will happen? Ah, it's uh, I think it's sustainability. Uh, you know, caring for those three aspects I mentioned: people, planet, and animal. Uh, the customer behavior towards sustainable products has been ever changing, uh, and I don't think anyone can survive with greenwashing in the next ten years down the lane. Uh, you know. Uh, that is growing customer percentage who are willing to pay that extra for the products which are ethically sourced and made. Uh, but the question lies if the brands, again, if they can operate with increased product sourcing cost while maintaining their profit margin. So I think that's the key. Yeah, yeah. And holding on to that integrity as, as they're going along, like you say, not, not greenwashing and not... Yes. And yeah, tell it, how it is. <laughs> yeah, it is how it is. We see that every day. But I really think it's... Uh, it's not a long term. It's it's uh, it's everybody trying to, in my opinion, obviously everybody trying to, you know, do something to tell customers that they're doing something uh, to really not to lose out on what's happening in the market. But I think in like ten years down the lane, it's it's going to be a norm. Uh, otherwise, they were going to lose out on yeah. so much. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So looking back, what, what have been the biggest shifts you've seen happen already regarding fashion moving into this new era of sustainability? Because obviously you've been looking at sustainable procurement for a while, you know, what have yeah. been the biggest shifts? Um, I think in the industry as such, I think it's online businesses, you know, driven by social media influence. And then you've seen that, you know, happening in recent, you know, years. I think the recent online success stories have rewritten the traditional fashion retail businesses and the models. Mm. Uh, and also we see a lot of single product focused online brands that have done extremely well. 
you know, in recent years, and especially who are completely backed up with their uh, sustainable, you know, materials and ethical sourcing and, you know, the communication that they're doing with the direct consumers online. So I think it's, uh, they're just getting it 100% right. And, uh, and online consumers are ever more sustainable conscious like Zen Z's, uh, you know, especially. Uh, I think, uh, I think it is sustainability is, uh, you know, what I see is the you know key uh, you know moving forward and uh, and as as uh, talking from the supply base as I said in the beginning of my you know uh, call uh, that every single option is available out there uh, you know and if you want to make something sustainable hundred percent you can definitely make it there's no question about it really encouraging isn't it <laughs> it is yeah <laughs> i think that it's the sort of economics of it that kind of stopped a lot of places i think so i think so yeah which is a shame but uh, yeah it, it 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 will change yeah you know and we, we, we ask, you know in terms of when i say there is a slight price increases uh, uh you know but we still are getting better on the economies of scale and getting better at manufacturing costs on the sustainable materials but the way the conventional materials are priced uh, at the moment, uh, it's it's so hard. It's, it's like as I said, it's been gone cheaper day by day in the last so many years, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's become a tender process nowadays. You know, with big uh, companies, uh, you know, even supplying a, a small poly bag, you know, and leave alone sustainability aspect. You know, you know, it's so so cutthroat competition. Uh, you know, so you don't you don't know whether you stand the chance to kind of get convince them to use a you know compostable a home compostable poly bags uh, or a recycled poly bag compared to their conventional you know poly bags what they've been using because it is so tight in those the costings yeah absolutely absolutely especially like like supermarket businesses and you know big turnaround uh, turnover businesses. Uh, multi, you know, chains and, you know, uh, you know, and it's, it's very hard uh, for them to kind of, you know, take that move straight away. But I, I still see they have, you know, plans for next five years, 10 years, their sustainability goals. So I'm, I'm very, very interested to see how they all going to kind of, you know, do it. You know, that pricing is a biggest challenge at the moment. And it's interesting to see that the smaller brands are really going towards it, right? So Absolutely, because they don't have anything, any history of, you know, how they used to do things. You know, it's like, it's it's the new way of thinking anyway, the smaller brands. And, you know, the minute even anybody, any startups or the mid-sized brands that they want to do, they they straight away think about sustainability without even anybody actually telling them to do it. And, and, you know, these prices really, you know, doesn't really matter, you know, uh, in a small shift in their, you know, raw material prices. So they know they have uh, their customers, you know, uh, they're not, you know, they, they are hugely, you know, inclined towards, you know, sustainable living. So I, 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 I see a lot of success stories, you know, as a business uh, with SIA and we work really well with mid-sized and, you know, smaller brands. That's great. And the economies of scale, sort of on and such a problem in in it's not actually i mean in one uh, uh you know good thing that we have is you know we don't have huge minimums uh so we tend to help uh brands which are even wanting about 500 units of something 
right? And they're still able to give them a price that will work out economically uh, for them, you know, commercially that they will be able to take that cost in and still get their margins out. So, and, you, know, you know, we've seen this happening every day. So, uh, so in, in a way, I, I feel we are doing a good job uh, helping the smaller brands. Yeah. It's good to hear because like a lot of the brands that come into the ecosystem are small and even micro brands where we're talking Absolutely. about like 50 pieces, you know, and things. I know. That's why, that's where the collaboration comes into place anyway, exactly. right? That's a great, um, and I'm sure you're going to come to collaboration in a bit, but yeah, that's, uh, that's a, it's a great thing. And uh, the incubator is uh, one of the amazing things that, uh, you know, I'm happy to be part of. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And we're just going to go off piste a little bit and just ask you about your inspirations on your, who, who has most inspired you on your journey? <sighs> no one, but no one in particular, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I kind of follow anyone and everyone who I feel I can learn something. Uh, everyone inspires me in some way or other, you know, uh, keep motivating me to do things better, to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I don't have any particular uh, person that I follow. Uh, you know, I, 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 if I get a chance, I try and follow as many people as possible and learn something out of anyone. Basically. Yeah, that relatability day to day. Absolutely. And everybody's got something to give, uh, right? So, yeah. Even my five-year-old child has something. Absolutely. To give. Yeah, I get, uh, like I've got seven-year-old and, you know, I, I learn a lot. Sometimes I feel that she's much more uh, mature in the way that she talks than I do. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And, and kind of what experiences in life and business has most shaped you? Um, I think family uh, overall, uh, you know, it keeps me, you know, you know, motivated. You know, I keep motivated because of my wife and my kids. Uh, in business, uh, I have always seen ups and downs, I think, focus is the key. Uh, things may happen in a day or in a year, uh, but just got to believe in yourself, uh, I guess, uh, in my own experience. So uh, I know if you focus and believe in yourself and things do happen at some point of time. So that's kind of what, you know, shaped me always. Yeah, riding those waves. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> great times, and then sometimes in in small business, it'll be like, oh my goodness, <laughs> and then you ride the next wave. <laughs> absolutely, it's always challenges, right? So you just you know, it's just how you kind of navigate through those waves, and you know, still keep 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 yourself focused. The ecosystem is all about collaboration. What has been your best experience in business of collaboration? I think collaboration is it's been there for so many years, it, uh, you know, and uh, I think it's, uh, you know, I always believed in collaboration with other businesses and individuals uh, who are good at different things. Uh, I think it's all about collab that will lead to reduced waste and a sustainable future, uh, if I want to put it in, you know, in, in a context there. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't really see a world existing without uh, collaboration, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can do so much as one, right? Or even uh, if you get two or three people together, you can say, right, let's co-circulate this. Let's take it back into the system and recycle it or let's co-market together. You know, you're absolutely, absolutely. You know, so it's uh, there's so much that you can do. Yeah. In collaboration. Yeah. And you've recently joined us in the ecosystem incubator. What do you see possible as we grow? Um, I think, you know, I'm very, very uh, excited to, to meet people and learn 
because everybody comes with an experience of their own and uh, you know everybody's got their own resources and it will be so exciting to you know to be working uh, with the people on the incubator uh, i mean i would like to share my experience and collaborate on projects where i can be of use uh, and i think i think it's limitless you know it's a, it's a great initiative uh, in our ecosystem uh, and i would really really you know you know want to see how it grows and you know be part of it and you know you know get to meet people and connect and you know do projects together basically yeah so you see that real um possibility of joint ventures and and 100% yeah 100% without any doubt yeah fantastic yeah and if someone was starting up on their journey um for want of a better word new sustainability um what suggestions and top tips would you give to them i mean um I would say there's always, like as I said, there's always a sustainable alternative for anything we do. Uh, so look out for those options. Uh, it's not always about profits, uh, you know. Uh, so be prepared to pay slightly more for the uplift. Uh, end of the day, you are contributing for a better future for generations to come. And uh, and you know it is uh, it is going to change. Like in in a decade, uh, we're talking about it's going to become a norm. Uh, and uh, so just keep at it and you know uh, you know for the sustainable future yeah i love that and um, thank you so much for sharing with me today shan it's been really lovely to speak to you and and to get that real down to earth on the ground kind of knowledge and and thought processes behind like how we can actually really to move towards a sustainable future that's completely the norm you know that it's like Absolutely. don't have to be like we're special and sustainable no. <laughs> everything is sustainable because you know like your original um heritage in terms of doing the hand weaving and everything being naturally a sustainable option i think that that's kind of what we need to go to you know absolutely we got to kind of re you know reinvent our life i think <laughs> you know it so, is uh... so that's really regenerative you know absolutely absolutely so thank you. Thanks. Great. Thank you so much, Rachel, for having me. And it's, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Pleasure. So, yeah, thank you so much. So make sure you get maximum value. Don't miss out. Make sure to register, subscribe and find out more about our podcasts and other resources at the ecosystem incubator .com.